0: You're listening to the Sports Fix. Portions of the Sports Fix brought to you by Harry Buffalo. Harry Buffalo, join the herd.
2: Sports Fix listeners, don't wait all day or all week to get in on the fun. The party doesn't stop when we go off the air all week long. The Sports Fix social media sites are your one-stop shop. For all things Cleveland sports, jump over to Facebook.com slash The Sports Facebook.com slash The Sports and become a fan today because we love fans and they create some of the best sports talk in town, Daddy. You'll enjoy talking to your fellow Cleveland sports fans on The Sports Fix fan page. And if Twitter's your thing, well, you know how we do it. Tweet with us at The Sports Fix CLE. It's that simple. Twitter.com slash The Sports Fix CLE, baby chat live with the crew during all your favorite cleveland sports events tickets and contests and trivia and so much more get with us today the sports fix on social media facebook.com slash the sports fix tweet with us at the sports fix c-l-e join Join the the sports Sports fix on facebook and twitter Twitter today
0: hi i'm hector Marinero.
2: you're listening in the sports fix
0: live in ohio it's time to get your fix The
2: Sports Fix. Welcome in, everybody. We are live. I couldn't find the button for the microphone there for a second. I have like 50 windows pulled up, and I'm ready to roll, and I'm like, hey, where'd it go? It got pushed back to the back. We're on. Everybody can hear me. We're live and rolling. It is Wednesday, Pump. Day. As always, pushing you through to the weekend here. Another midweek edition of the Sports Fix. Going to be fast-paced and loaded today. And Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Mike's going to join us here just about oh, 25, 30 minutes from now. And we'll talk some Indians baseball. I want to check in with Mike and see where he's at now uh, compared to a week ago when we talked about the Indians and their plight heading into the all star break and see if he's changed, see where he's at. I can't wait to check the pulse of Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Speaking of that, the answer to that question is no. And while I, and we'll talk more, I'm, I'm going to save most of the tribe talk for about, like I said, 30 minutes from now when Mike joins us here. I want him to jump in on the conversation. But before we roll too much into some other stuff, while that is kind of out in the air, man, I mean, I don't know if the Indians would have finished uh, with whatever. I don't know what would have happened with the game last night, man, but what a funky deal to happen to the Indians there with the second ball ending up on the field and then Murphy ending up being called out and he thought the ball was live. He didn't. I mean, I don't know about that, man. Like, I don't know how... That doesn't just end up. I saw Vic on our Facebook this morning, just a few minutes ago, asked us a similar question. How does that not end up as a dead ball? Everybody go back, you know, second and third there, and then we reset and keep going. I do not understand that. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for reasons that, you know, if you want to say Cleveland or the tribe or snake bitten, I mean, look at that there. Uh, you know, between Rayburn and his throw from the outfield and then this, you go, man, why do these things happen here? But uh, I see Charles there with the dead ball called. That is actually not covered. What happened last night with the bullpen ball getting thrown onto the field and becoming a a second ball for all intents and purposes out there like that. What a wacky play. And again, I don't know. you, You would probably have to assume way too much to say that that in and of itself cost the Indians the game, especially when Josh Tomlin, my boy, listen. If you can't hear it through the mic, my head is hung in shame. I'm admitting it with you here. I'm still not giving up on my boy, but, man, he likes to give up home runs. That's a good segue there because, good Lord, Josh Tomlin. I don't know how... uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. There I, I don't know is the perfect word for that because I'm at a loss for my dude there. And especially when you look at this this second half or this r- terrible run that Josh has been on, the one the one Sterling outlier in the middle of it was that amazing performance against Seattle in the middle of this that we've seen, and again, I'm telling you, he hasn't met a fastball that he doesn't like to throw it to you right down the middle and see how far you can hit it. <laughs> and I'm telling you. but uh, And I got no shortage of messages last night. Oh, I got a lot of messages. We're going to talk about that in the first segment. I... I, I had some uh, some interesting feedback from yesterday's show, but uh, I got a lot of messages during the game about that play and, and about Josh Tomlin, and you know, I knew it, man. I mean, uh, your boy. That was the, the gist of all of them was, that's your boy. What are you going to do about it? So, uh, <laughs> anyways, I don't know what to do about it. Luckily, the Indians are only going to need a fifth starter. I believe it's three times in the entire month, so... Maybe we won't have to do anything about it, at least for a while here, and let them figure it out. But, yeah, that's my boy. Again, saying it, and, and if you could see me, if we had video here, head hung in shame, I'd be sitting in the corner, dunce cap on my head. But, I I mean, ah, we'll talk more about that with Mike Brandenberry, Josh Tomlin, crazy play, it all adds up to a loss, a split of the home half of the Battle of Ohio as they now head down to Cincy and finish the other two games of this series on the road for the tribe before they head to the Bronx. And that's key. That's a team. We talk about it. The teams that are directly in your way and directly in competition for those spots. Not that every game is not important, but those are even more important. So we're going to talk with Mike Brandenberry about all of that. I'm going to talk some hoops here in the opening segment. And again, I'm going to talk about some of the feedback I got from yesterday's show. Browns camp continuing to go on. A lot going on there. Mike Brandenberry, your phone calls and takes and so much more. So how about we grab the, uh, give me the opener here. We're going to pop the top on this bad boy and get it going. Welcome in one and all to the Sports Fix. J-Rock, Jerry Myers with you, the coordinator of the madness, the captain of the ship, if you will here driving us every weekday at noon right here across the sports fix radio network that may be tune in and tune in's radio app live worldwide on the SportsFix.net. maybe you listen to us live on Spreaker and Mixler hello to all of you listening live each and every weekday noon eastern and those of you 24 hours a day enjoying the show on digital delay on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all of the various podcast platforms, SoundCloud, CarPlay, all the downloads, every way that you subscribe. Thank you guys so much. The subscribers continue to grow on all of the various sites, and which is a good thing because that's separate. That's there. You know, the the listenership is one thing, but as the subscribership grows, those are people that are like, "Hey, I'm not missing a second of the show. I want to get every episode, and I love that." And just watching that number continue to grow, you guys. Thank you very much for that. As I said, across that, that is the Sports Fix Radio Network. And they give me the microphone, I flip it around and put it right back on you. So use it. Pick up the phone, give me a call if there's something you want to say. Now's the time to say it. So many times, and I know I've talked about this, it's the the delays, it's the differences in how you listen, what format or medium you may be listening to the show. So many times... Everybody tries to call at the same time, and then and then when the phones are free, so many people don't. And I always laugh because when it's a time when we're not taking phone calls, 17 in a row will come in through that thing. And I always laugh. So here's an opportunity, especially if you haven't been able to get through lately, 216-539-7535, 216-539-7535. Pick up the phone, give me a call, or as always, use the social media to stay in touch with the show facebook.com slash the sports fix or just look in your search box on facebook for this the sports fix easy enough to find the little blue and white and, and black logo that's us baby facebook.com slash the sports fix tweet with us at the sports fix c-l-e daddy email us the sports fix at aol.com and as i mentioned not only listening live but all 24 7 anything you need From the sports fix, from our social media widgets to the replays of our show to the live broadcast to the real time news headlines, it's all right there on the SportsFix.net, so make sure you guys bookmark it today all right let's kick things off here and i want to talk a little bit. actually this one will segue right into the other here talk a little basketball man i'm hot about some of the feedback i got by the way for the end of yesterday's show i'll get there in a second let's start with press conference this morning those of you not familiar cavaliers sent out the press release last night they actually just Officially signed Mike Miller, James Jones yesterday. Even though we've talked about that being a done deal for quite some time now, the official contract signing. And what do you know? At the bottom of the email that announced it last night, and let's see, this email came at 6:36 last night. And what do you know? In big bold letters, much like every press release I get from the Cavaliers about a draft pick, a trade, or a signing. There's big red letters at the top that say Cavaliers holding their introductory press conference tomorrow at Cleveland Clinic Courts. And I'm gonna the reason that I'm saying that is for those of you that listen every day, you know right where I'm going with this. All the way back to clue number one, the day I knew that the Cavaliers had agreed to include Andrew Wiggins in the trade for Kevin Love. And remember, that was the day that the Cavs signed the contract with with Andrew Wiggins and sent out the press release with no congratulatory remarks, no statements from the team or the player, and no press conference scheduled. And I knew right then and there that was so different from the modus operandi of the cavaliers when they do this that i said man he's he's done he's as good as gone they didn't even put a generic we're glad to have andrew on the team because they knew from the moment that they signed him that he was not going to be a member of this team i knew that day we talked about it for you know good 15 20 minutes and that was the sign to me more than the innuendo more than the rumors that came out anywhere else that said man They're trading this kid for sure. When they didn't introduce him, when they didn't hold the press conference, when they didn't even thank him for signing his contract, I said, man, this kid is, he's not officially, I guess only in the record books, will he have been a member of the Cavaliers. But then I saw this this morning and I'm like, man, Cleveland knew weeks ago that these cats had already signed, man, but they wasted no time in rushing the press conference out there because that's how the Cavs roll. So both of those guys, a a pretty simple deal this morning, said what you'd expect him to say. They had an opportunity to to make a run with LeBron down in Miami. Now they want to come do the same thing here. They're shooters. They know the floor is going to be opened up for them, et cetera, so on and so forth. Pretty much it. James Jones was funny. (laughs) When asked his thoughts about Cleveland, he goes, hey, man, it's cold. I come from Miami. I'm just telling you, it's cold, but that's okay. We'll make this thing work. We'll win and all of that. But, I mean, uh, he was his first answer. It's cold. And the first question was pretty funny. First question was, hey, so you guys came here because you really wanted to play with Kevin Love, didn't you? And uh we got a chuckle out of everybody there. But... Uh, there it is. Your newest Cavaliers announced, put out there. And uh, I believe, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I saw somebody tweet, Jerry Jack, we didn't even know you. His number one has already been given to James Jones. No arguments about the jersey number there. And uh, Mike Miller is going to be number 18 for the Cavaliers. Those two are done. Press conference out of the way. Uh, speaking of the Cavaliers, their head coach, and those guys meeting there. Mike Miller said he was in Akron working out with. LeBron a little bit yesterday doing some shooting shooting around and some different things and uh, apparently Cavaliers coach, Coach Blatt, met up with LeBron. I know a lot of people, and I'm not I'm not spending more than 30 seconds talking about this, but apparently some people uh, think that it's a, a proper sports talk discussion to discuss LeBron James' photographs of his weight loss. I don't know. To me, I always thought that the guy, he was a beast, but he was built more like a linebacker than a basketball player and I thought that perhaps... Some of the over musculature played a part in the cramping and some of the different things that we've talked about that before. I know some people will tell you, no, but clearly LeBron thought something because he went out of his way to change his diet uh, completely cut carbs out, and it's not as dramatic, by the way, as people say, especially because it's much like a cutting period before a boxing match or a mixed martial arts. You're going to drop a lot. Then you're going to replenish and rehydrate and get yourself back up a little bit. So it's it's nowhere near the, uh, the, the you should have seen. I, you know, and I get it, that uh, the scarred fan mentality that a lot of people here in Cleveland have, let's just say I can't repeat some of the a couple of the the uh the more conspiracy theory emails that i got about lebron losing all that weight but uh hence to say they started with only in cleveland and then went on and went south from there you can kind of guess the direction that they went but not a big deal to me i mean as long again it, let it be what it's going to be and uh let's wait until they show up for training camp and stuff but i mean i heard like some people really going full blown into this discussion and I'm like hey man that's and besides that a lot of players do that a lot of players as they hit that kind of mythical 30 plateau there that whether it's in the head or not they do begin to change their body structure and lean out and, and work on some of that because you need, those are the things that happen when you hit the thirties and you've got to elongate your career in different ways, but not this big be all end all discussion that some people are having. But uh, I mean, and, and me too. Hey, not just on the air, friends of mine texted me, what's up with your boy, LeBron. And I'm like, when did he become my boy? Let's go there for a second. By the way, when did he become my boy is a good segue to Yesterday, I spent a portion of my evening discussing back and forth with a, not one, not two. I'm talking about a handful of people who were met. With the Lucky Land slots you can get
1: lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway
3: and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details. At me for the end of yesterday's show. I was literally said. Now check this out. This is a this this is a real kick in the tail for me. Guys like me are the reason LeBron left the first time. Because how dare I criticize LeBron at the end of yesterday. If you guys remember those of you listening yesterday I, I said the same thing I'll say right now as far as listen I'm not Bill Livingston put it best in the Plain dealer. He quoted the Godfather when he said, I will not break up this piece that these men have put together. And I've told you guys this on the air. I'm not going to sit here and continually rain on everybody's parade. I get it that a lot of you are very happy about LeBron coming back and, and the potential for what that may bring. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be that guy. That's fine. But at the same time, how dare you say guys like me are why? And I'm not attacking everybody. This is a small handful of people, but that's the way I felt. I'm like, are you serious? Because I'm going along for the ride because everybody's all happy and 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 throwing parties about this thing or whatever. But I, last time I checked, I haven't been throwing it up every single day. I mean, I'm, I don't know why anybody's ignoring so many of the questions. See, I'm not going to rip open the scabs and go there but all i did this is my point all i did at the end of yesterday's show was question the stupidity of making this trade uh, the stupidity of trading away a bunch of your blocks here and a bunch of your assets and pieces for a bunch of old-time veteran minimum contract guys I just believe, as much as I think it's easy to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, this fallacy that Kevin Love, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving, and a bunch of minimum contract guys is enough to win you a championship guaranteed. I, I just, but that's all I said. Lord forbid that I had a a separate opinion and i did not say hey hold my reservation for the championship trophy but apparently people have already taken their selfies with the trophy i didn't know that this was a done deal as soon as kevin love comes but i don't even care about that i'm taking the basketball out of it for a second me the dude who is all cleveland i mean we do this you guys know i don't have to go through the whole you know who i am deal I'm the reason guys like me are why LeBron left LeBron James left Cleveland because he wanted to go play basketball with his friends in a place that had better weather, no state income tax and two of his boys and they all went together and it had nothing to do with guys like me. Let me tell you something, the media and I don't even like to stick up for the media in this town, but the media didn't run LeBron James out of nowhere. LeBron James Talk to tail, hid, and ran when he left this town, man. I'm just telling you now. And that's fine. That's all water under the bridge, and everybody has decided to put their jerseys back on, and that's great. Go Cavs. I love it. Come on, Cavs. Got to make it happen. I'll grow the afro out and play the song like everybody else, but I'm not sitting here, the conductor of the train, but it'd be one thing if I had done this big old bashing the, the city of Cleveland segments and the calves. All I said was that this is a mistake. This is a short sighted move. And how dare I question why LeBron has a one-year out clause in his contract? I can buy the two-year excuse. I'm with that because the salary cap goes up, and I've heard that from way, way other sources. Long Not just involving the Cavs, involving a lot of players' contracts as far as who's going to do what beyond two years from now because of the big jump. So that... That's real. Tell me why there's a one-year out clause in there. And I don't even care to have this discussion right now, but but how dare I bring that up? How dare I look at a guy who made decisions that were in his best interest that gave no consideration to the franchise that he left behind how dare i look at him with the skeptical eye how dare i ask the franchise why they would mortgage the future for not even a guaranteed present that's the best part so hey i hope it all works out and i hope i'm joining you guys at the championship parade for Kyrie, kevin love and lebron james and company i hope that that is true I'm with you guys if it is. I'm with you guys if it isn't. See, that's the difference. I'm not going anywhere either way. But you're 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 not going to shame me and I I'm I just I was I was very I got into some discussions before I said, "You know what? I'm done with this. I'm not I'm going to address this tomorrow on the air and then I'm going to be done with it." Listen, if you cannot question if we've reached an era here now where now that LeBron James is back, we cannot question anything, then this is not only before This is worse than before all over again. So I'm just going to – I don't know what to say because I can't question anything. So hopefully uh, everything works out. I just – I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Like we're on this train now. Everything that he does turns to gold. I'm not going to I'm not going to roll that way. And uh and I was I was a little bit uh, I was a little hostile for about 5 minutes last night. I'm like, "You're kidding me, right? Did you even listen to the segment or or no?" But anyways, and at the end of the day, I'm going to say it again. Cavaliers clearly I think a playoff team. I mean, as they stand presently constituted, I got to tell you that I think as they stand presently constituted, they're a better team for the next few seasons than if they make this trade that everybody wants them to make. But hey, it's all good, and two years from now, if an Eastern Conference Finals and an NBA Finals run is, is done, and perhaps no championship, but hey, had a couple of playoff runs, and Kevin Love ends up playing somewhere else, and then LeBron James ends up playing somewhere else, because Lord knows he's changed his mind a time or two in the past, then I just wonder if it will have all been worth it. But right now... I'm setting myself up to get blasted by people that say people like you are the reason that we don't win nothing in Cleveland. And I say, ha! all right, people like me are the reason that these things happen. That's cool. I'll take the blame for it. But, uh, Again, if you had just listened to the segment, I'm pretty sure that I mean, there's even people that disagree with me a lot that agreed with what I said about the Cavaliers yesterday, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that question this move. And I don't know. I get that the number three has become a magical uh, mythical kind of number here in the NBA. You put three stars together and it's believed. To be the way to a championship, but I don't know where that false thinking came from. I don't know, but I'm just telling you, man, uh, it's not true, especially not these three together. If you think, if you think that that's a big three, it's an okay three. Listen, I'm not. I like Kyrie. I like his potential, and I like what he can do. I've told you guys that before. I'm not 100% for him. I'm not 100% against him. I'm not sold on Kevin Love at all. I am one of those guys saying I think he's got a lot of potential of being a stat monster on a team that ain't got nobody else to make it happen, Captain. And and if that's the case, ooh, man. But at the end of the day, Yeah, I laughed the most. I said this yesterday, and I'm going to bring this back to something funny. I laughed the most at the 20-something generation telling me they just want one championship before their lifetime. J-Rock, get out of the way. I just want one ring before I die. And I'm like, man, if you're worried about dying before 30, you got more things to worry about than if LeBron's going to bring you a championship. I'm just saying. But uh, anyway, so uh, I want to talk about that. I have Cavs here, Miller, and... uh, James Jones, Ray Allen still out there in the ether. Who knows? Another guy coming. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I don't know where this guaranteed championship came from putting three guys together with a whole bunch of old dudes and hoping that they hold it together. But I'm with it. I like Mike Miller, by the way. I do like Mike Miller. And James Jones is a piece. So, whatever. But we'll talk more about it. Hey, the other thing I wanted to bring up before we go to the break and we switch topics here. Spurs hired the first full-time female assistant coach in nba history which i thought is really kind of a a step man i mean that's that's the next bridge to eventually there being a just a female basketball coach you know and you know we've seen the success in in college you know pat summit in the women coaches coaching women this is a step in a different direction instantly i thought people had the story wrong i don't know if you guys remembered but i i remembered right off the bat when the Cavs had done something similar over a decade ago. John Lucas had an assistant coach, Lisa Boyer, but she was, even though she was in theory an assistant, she was unpaid. And uh, so it was an internship, and she also didn't travel with the team. She worked home games, and she worked with the with the players and coaches at practice and that. But, like, right away, I did. And then yes, somebody must have corrected ESPN because they had they edited the way that they wrote the story because initially they had it written up as the first female assistant on an NBA coaching staff. So somebody must have brought it to their attention that we had done this here in Cleveland before. So now they, they corrected it to the first full-time fully paid female assistant on an NBA staff. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I caught that right away. I'm sure a lot of longtime Cleveland fans did too. Even if they didn't remember the name, which I didn't either. I couldn't remember her name was Lisa Boyer. I just knew that the Cavs had done that. So, all right guys anyways, but Hey, that's, that's a groundbreaker, man. I mean, and who knows Becky Hammond may, may be, who knows, man. She could be pops next arm of the coaching tree. And, uh, and, uh, and really take things to another level. But congratulations to her. Good move by the Spurs on the cutting edge there. I like that. I just wanted to mention the tie into Cleveland. All right, guys. We're going to take a break. Phone lines are still open. 216-539-7535. When we come back... You know what? I'm going to switch things up. We're already up against the halfway of the first hour. When we come back, let's talk some Indians baseball. Fresh off of last night's loss, that craziness with two balls on the field and all of that. Let's talk Tribe, Josh Tomlin. We'll talk about the latest on Michael Bourne. Let's hit it all with my man, Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Mike Coming up next, here on the Sports Fix, we'll talk some Indians baseball as they head out on the road, staying right there in the wild card race. Let's see where Mike punches in on the Indians. Mike Brandenberry from DidTheTribeWinLastSnight.com. Coming up next, here on the Sports Fix.
0: And down, dog, it's got a monster dump. Tell me where you in the jump the night will score a hundred points. A win Celtics ticks titles back to back. And didn't give nobody no kind of fact. A win Dr. J shook the whole damn team The Sports Fix, the show that asks the question we'll be right back
2: guys want to take just a second as we head into this break and remind you about the official business printing source of the sports fix our friends at signs and ship signs and ship i'm telling you chris and pam they've taken care of me since day one and they can do the same for you whether you're a small business that's already been established and you're looking to grow to that next level and expand your business or perhaps you've got an idea that you just know is going to be a great business and you need to figure out how to brand it and how to promote it and put it out there Signs and Ship is the place for you. If you need a logo they can create one for you. They have a fantastic graphic designer business cards, signs, banners, yard signs, mobile advertising, anything you can think of that you need to promote your business. They've got it at Signs and Ship. The best thing about them too is each of their locations whether it's the home base here in Elyria, Ohio, that I work with, or their spots in Virginia, Florida, and Pennsylvania. It's all local sourced. Very important to me because we all understand that small business is the lifeblood of the community. So check them out, signsandship.com, or call Chris and Pam today, 440-323-6060, the home office in Elyria, Ohio. Signs and Ship, quality printing at affordable prices.
0: It's an addiction. The Sports Fix will be right back. In baseball, miracles can happen when a team works together.
2: Two out, bottom of the ninth, down to their last
0: strike. The same is true in the fight against cancer. That's why MLB has teamed up with Stand Up to Cancer. Because we believe that when we all stand up together, 41,000 on their feet, we can make cancer history. Now everybody's standing. What a buzz in this building. This is beyond a dream. Stand Up with MLB at StandUpToCancer.org. The Sports Fix is on iHeart Radio. Download the free iHeart app today. Subscribe to the show and get your fix.
2: Indians fans, GV Art and Design has unleashed their new baseball collection. This summer, you've got to have one of the hottest baseball shirts available. Indians themes, GV Art has them covered from top to bottom. Chief Wahoo, keep the Chief, one of the hottest sellers going today. GV Artwork, knocking it out of the park, teaming up with Michael Brantley to create a custom Dr. Dr. Smooth t-shirt, bringing back an old classic GV Artwork, bringing out the wild thing. Give them the heater design. The Cleveland That I Glove collection continues to grow. New designs for women and so much more. GVArtwork.com, bringing it. Full force to the plate for baseball season this year. Whether you check them out online, gvartwork.com, use the sales code FIX10, FIX10 to save 10% on your total purchase. Whether you go to their store in Lakewood, check them out at the Cleveland Indians team shops around Progressive Field, and so much more. GV Art and Design. It's, it's not, not just, just a shirt. shirt. It's <laughs> a statement.
0: You're listening to the Sports Fix. Sports Fix.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Fix Live here on the Sports Fix Radio Network. J Rock back with you as the show rolls on here. Getting ready to be joined in just a few moments by my man Mike Brandenburg from DidTheTribeWinLastNight.com. Talked about the latest with the Indians as the battle for Ohio shifts gears from here down to there. As the Indians and the Reds continue, they split the first.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. First two games of the series, and you know what? It, regardless of the, the controversial play there that may have cut short an Indians rally, and you got to realize, you know, when you're talking about it and you're looking at the perspective of the score and it's nine you know you're thinking okay what's well, what does that matter but at the time you gotta realize they they tacked on those three in the ninth and so it kind of skews things i mean you're talking about a potential Six four six five game. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities there to blow things back into it. So, but regardless, Johnny Cueto went out there and uh, and he did his thing. We talked about that. And by the way, until Mike joins us, two one six five three nine seven five three five. If you want to hit me up with a quick phone call, two one six. 539-7535 hit us up on the social media facebook.com slash the sports fix tweet with us at the sports fix c-l-e you can email me the sports fix at com. but you know quato and tomlin it was a matchup of two pitchers there and we talked that was going to be the key was which showed up on both sides of it and uh both kind of you know well i guess what some people expected with josh tomlin let me start there while we're, while we're waiting on mike to join us here Josh Tomlin my boy and you guys know from spring training I wanted him to come up and again look at the look at the tail of two sides of Josh Tomlin's season you guys I mean the the first was a five and one at one point rolling along and then the bottom has just dropped off on him uh alarmingly so on this stretch that he's had here and he just continued it there and it it to say it's not been going well for Josh Tomlin would be an understatement but here's one good thing to keep in mind the uh the Indians won't need a fifth starter except I believe it's three times in the entire month of uh month of August here so from that perspective there they'll be able to shorten the rotation if you can get the four guys going that'll at least Uh, at least eliminate you from the crazy adventure that we go on every fifth day. But another home run allowed by Josh Tomlin. And you know what, too, is I'm looking at the home run list, and I noticed the other was by Carrasco. That's a guy that I think is, and you can kind of tell, Terry Francona was even hinting around a bit about stretching him out and getting him going. Carrasco may put himself by the end of the season back in the discussion for uh, getting back into this rotation. If the Indians need somebody else, we've continued to see what he's done, but you know, Josh Tomlin getting back on him and what he did. I mean, the home run ball, as we know, something that we have, uh, that we've talked about has plagued him. He gives up the three run home run, puts you behind right off the bat to Santiago. Tomlin has given up 17 home runs on the season. He's tied for 11th in Major League Baseball with uh, Hector Noesi from uh, Chicago the most home runs allowed by a starting pitcher 17 so far this is this season he hasn't won a decision since the game that we mentioned in the middle of the terrible streak that he's had uh, that start that he had against seattle where he went the whole way which even makes this look even uh, stranger when you look at the whole thing but let's keep that conversation going and be joined in just a second here as soon as i hit the button mike brandonberry from did the Tribe Win last night.com mike how you doing this afternoon
3: I'm doing good. I heard you talking about uh our guy Josh Tomlin and uh I think you're you're right on the same path that I was on watching that game last night. I think uh I think time is running out on the Josh Tomlin experience.
2: What happened? Like let before we get back into the game last night, what 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 is the, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things you could point to. And if you had the answer, then we'd be making a lot more money than we do. But I mean, look at how he started. And we've seen him when he's had his stretches of success, he's looked like a completely different pitcher, but even then, you know, and, but of course, when you're winning, it's easy to go, well, he's going to give up a home run from time to time, but we keep nobody on the base and that makes it okay. But I mean, just look at this. And then even, in this stretch, like I said, to have that one jewel of a performance in the middle of it, surrounded by all the garbage since. But what's your take on Josh Tomlin and, and where he's fallen to, and is there fixing this?
3: I think the simple answer is that he's, in general, he's just not that good. I mean,
2: I think he's an there organizational I mean, god. guy. <laughs> what's that? We're seeing it. I don't even know how to well, argue
3: with that, man. I, I mean, I, I and, and and the longer answer to that is, you're right. He has had stretches, and I mean, he had a really nice stretch. I mean, really in spring training in April and into May when when he was brought up, um, and he's had those before. He's always been susceptible to the home run ball, and and I think that the real answer is Jerry is that you know he, he the fine it is such a fine line for him when it comes to his stuff because he can't make a mistake locating at all because because his stuff is not overpowering it's not dominant and so when he makes a mistake it gets tagged and and i think that that is really the answer as to i mean i think looking ahead and trying to fix this rotation either you know for the rest of this year, or looking ahead to 2015, I don't. Th- I think you're doing yourself a disservice at this point if you're counting on Josh Tomlin to be to be a big or any part of the solution. I think he's organizational depth, and in the Indians' case right now, they don't have a lot of depth. I was um, with one of our writers, Steve Beebe, um the last couple of days, and we were talking about the idea that I mean basically right now they have six guys for five rotation spots Mm -hmm. and there's really no other options in in this organization for the rest of the year I mean you have Kluber and Bauer and Salazar and then the bottom three of Tomlin and McAllister and TJ House they're There's nothing else. The the cupboard is bare after that. There there really are no other options. And um, you know I think I think at a certain point, to me, I mean I know that McAllister has struggled too. But in my mind, I I think you have an idea of what Josh Tomlin is moving forward. And and I don't think it's much. And I think at this point, it might be best to bring McAllister back and let him pitch through his problems for better or for worse at the big league level and try to have an idea going into 2015 as to what you think you can get out of Zach McAllister because I don't really think that Tomlin is going to be a part of the solution moving forward.
2: Man, I'll tell you. And I know and I hear you. I still, man, part of me wonders if, if he can be the kind of guy that, puts in an offseason like some of these i mean we've seen it's not like guys are cast in stone you know tomlin i just wonder if he's the kind of guy that can bring himself back or like you said man if this is the thing i find interesting is like even this season i mean he's guys hit you know 200 through the first time through the lineup with him man so with him a lot of it is just timing him and figuring him out and then once you got him you got him and unfortunately when you hit him it usually it usually goes pretty far. I wanted to ask you, I mentioned right before you got in on the line, so I don't know if you heard it or not, but I was talking about how the Tribe, and really this is very uh, fortunate for them with their problems, the way the schedule breaks out this month. They're only going to need the fifth starter a couple of times. They're going to be able to rely heavily on just four, which is, allows them to shorten things up And uh, I think really, I mean, you couldn't be more fortunate for a team having trouble finding five guys to put out there.
3: Yeah, and I mean, the way that that falls, I know there's a lot of Mondays off there and a stretch. So, you know, I I would think, you know, Tomlin probably does go back to the minor league soon. And and you see a relief pitcher come up in his place or, you know, eventually it seems as if they think that Michael Bourne's going to get back and, you know, you try to get a little healthier in that stretch. So, um, I mean, a team that has no doubt that certainly will help them to to not have to use five guys very often. But um, it's funny because I was in Columbus for the last couple of days, and we were on our way home this morning, and I looked at the standings, and I was like, you know, I just I, I'm blown away by. All of their problems, and by yep. how by how poorly they have really played. I mean, I think if you if you didn't look at the standings, if you didn't look at 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 the numbers, if you just uh, you know, I think the eye test tells you this team is nowhere near a playoff caliber team. And then you open your newspaper, and right. you're like, oh yes, oh yes, they are. They, they yes, they, could they be. are. And,
4: I mean, I was, I was,
3: I was joking with Steve, and and you know, it, it's a it's a thing that you and I always talk about, and you know, the the pessimist in me always says, you know, if you want to hold out for the ten game win streak, go ahead, you know, but this this team is still, you know, winners of four of their last five, and they go to Cincinnati and they have Salazar tonight, and they go to New York for the weekend, and the Yankees really are the same team as the Indians in that they have no pitching and how they are in this is is smoke and mirrors and, and no one really has an answer for any of that. You know, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, this team could play their way right into this in the next couple, in the next week. I mean, you. It's it's just as likely that they win another four out of five as it is that they you know could lose four out of five and and play their way out of it too. But it's just such a bizarre scenario, I think, where when you look at them on a day to day basis and you watch them play, you can't. I don't know how you can look at them and say that's a playoff team. But then, bro. when you look at the standings, you're like, <laughs> you're like, I guess they are. Like, bro? Question mark? If they had, you know? If they had
2: won last night. They'd be a game and a half back. Toronto just uh, continuing to let these teams catch back up. Look at the bunch up in the wild card now. I mean, Kansas City is now a half game back. Seattle and the Yankees are just a game back, and then the Tribe two and a half back missed a golden opportunity to be a full game caught up on Toronto there last night. But I mean, that's amazing. And Kansas city too. And the way these teams have flipped two weeks ago, these teams were in a completely different order. Tampa was ahead of Cleveland. Kansas city was right there with Cleveland. Seattle was in the second wild car. And I mean, you just, it's going to continue to churn like that for the next six weeks.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think the answer really is we're in one of those strange years where, honestly, there's probably only four teams that are good enough to be playoff teams in the American League. And, and unfortunately, the rules call for five. And so the next five are are all probably not really good enough, but somebody's going to go. And, and anyone out of that group, you know, whoever gets hot at the right time can can play their way into it. I don't like it. that, I Mike.
2: I don't like looking at it like that. I get where you're coming from, but you hell, can look at man, it however win- you
3: want, but I don't know how anybody can consciously say that really any the of those teams open. are playing good baseball at this no, point.
2: No, no. No, they're all just playing okay baseball, but the window is open at this point. I'm not going to look at it and go, ah, oh, well, somebody had to go. For- yeah, man, I'm going. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sure, sure. I mean, you
3: know, I mean, it, it kind of goes, look, I, I mean, for everything that we've talked about and for as mediocre and up and down as this season's been, I mean, I I, I think what they did at the trade deadline was what they should have done. I think yeah. you're seeing since then, at least in, you know, small sample size, but the loss of Asdrubal Cabrera and Justin Masterson is not changing anything that this team is doing. And, I think we would all be very realistic and fair to say if this team did get that last wild card spot and did get into the playoffs, it would very likely be a short playoff stint. I mean even if Corey Kluber sure. goes goes <laughs> to Anaheim and beats the Angels for a night. I mean you're looking you're looking at three starters against the athletics of you know, Bauer, Salazar, and probably TJ House before you get back to Kluber. I'm not sure you're getting back to Kluber. So, <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, you know, I think there's definitely some value in some of these guys getting that opportunity down the stretch and and playing meaningful games. And I think we all recognize and and know that this team has some some flaws and is definitely dying for better starting pitching but if you're in it you know you go with what you got and you know one maybe maybe you you find a diamond in the rough and two even if it's a short playoff run even if it's a game again or or if it's a a, a three game sweep at the hands of the athletics or something you know there has to be some value in that for this this group and this organization and you hope that you can add to this roster for 2015 and, and you make another legit run at it again
2: let me ask you something here now two and a half back here with uh what do we got three weeks till we get basically three weeks just about in a few days until we get to the other deadline here so right what do you think what do you think just gut feeling where do the indians need to be because i would say Anywhere within where they're at. Any further back, then this is null and void point. But if they're where they are or closer to a playoff spot by... With Lucky
1: Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone
2: seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: That time. Do you think that if the as long as the Indians remain there, then the front office does try to, you know, obviously it's not going to be a blockbuster at that time of the year, but try to get a trade for another pitcher. Try to bring somebody in to push that final two games in the wild card without having to go crazy with a prospect.
3: If they can get, Someone and I can't think of a good example. I I know what you mean. Um, I always like I always like a, a good example for these scenarios. But you know, if, if you can get a, a guy who a veteran who will give you six good innings, um, you know, for the month of September and and try to shore up that rotation for you know next to nothing. I think they try to make that trade if if they're in it. But I would say, as crazy as it sounds, I think this is this is like Hoosiers. Our team's on the field, and they're gonna they're gonna go with what they got. <laughs> Our and, team's know, already I, here. <laughs> yep, you know, and it, you know, help's not coming. And, and I think I think you know, if, if you come up with a guy that fits that bill, and I'm sure there's there's one out there. Um, you know, every team that we just named is looking for that guy too. And yep. I think it is very likely that one of those other teams will overpay or pay more than what the Indians would in that scenario. I, if if you, as crazy as it sounds, I think the Yankees somehow come out of this because I think they want it. They want it the worst because I think they want to send Derek Jeter out on a playoff note. And so if a team is going to trade away a minor league player and and blink when a team is asking for too much on, you know, August 25th, I think New York is the type of team that will do it before maybe some of the others. That's just my, my gut feeling. But, uh, but I suppose it's possible, but I wouldn't hold out hope for a, for a trade to make this roster better. I think, I think it's a 90% shot that you're you're going with the guys you got.
2: And you know what? Like you said, in this weird anomaly of a season, going with the guys you got has you right there with everybody else for that second wild card. So, uh it is what it is and you just enjoy the ride. And you know, I see I see Bruce, I see some other guys sending me some messages about uh, what we're talking about here and I know you didn't get to join me after the trade deadline last week. You were with me the day before when the Indians had made the Masterson deal and right before uh, whatever else with with Cabrera that they did there. Um, I I didn't know what to say to people because I'm with you. As far as the two trades that they made, the point that I kept making was – no matter anything else, I don't care if the Indians had acquired David Price. Those two cats were going out the door for what the best deal they could get for them is. And now you maybe some people, because I mean, some people go, oh, well, they got nothing for both of them. Well, first off, I don't agree with that. But secondly, even if that was true, that's exactly what they have for them all season long. And what they're gonna get for them when they hit October, but I don't believe they got nothing. But take people separate the arguments and and don't don't separate them, I should say, and don't realize that that's different than what they could have done to make this team better. Now, Bruce in the chat room says, "Why is everybody happy with being a 500 team?" I go back to what you said several weeks before the deadline, and you just kept bringing it up. What? the the kind of rhetorical question what deal is out there for you to make that because here's the thing bro and I'm gonna I don't think I ever brought this up on the air I tweeted about it and matter of fact my tweet was kind of confusing because somebody thought that I was stating a fact and not what a listener told me I had a listener tell me this is the kind of stuff that the 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 the, the crazy trade scenario that the average fan will come up with I had a guy tell me that based on what Tampa did with David Price, that the Indians could have easily gotten David Price for a combination of Cabrera, Masterson, and a prospect not named Francisco Lindor. And I'm like, I want to live and breathe the air on whatever planet you live on, because that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. What would possess somebody to think that a team is going to take Two players walking away who are doing nothing, and a prospect not named Lind. I'm just, I couldn't believe it, but it was stated to me that if I didn't believe that, that I was just following the company line from the cheap Dolans. And I'm like, listen, I don't even like the Dolans. I do think they're cheap, but you're crazy. You're living on planet insane if you think that that's even in the realm of possibility. I go back to. Let's David Price is just an easy example cuz he's a big name and he's a pitcher and that's something that intrigued the fans but plain and simple if you if you don't believe it then you can choose not to believe the truth but Tampa looked at the Indians the offer changed they even lowered it initially they wanted Santana Salazar and Brantley then eventually it narrowed down to Salazar and Brantley. And I had people, and Bruce is one of them, and I love Bruce, that said I'd make that trade in a heartbeat. And I'm like, brother, you're nuts. Number one, I don't know that I'd make that trade with a contract extension for David Price, let alone I how, would. Does that, how does that trade make you better for this season and, and if you don't have an extension for anything beyond next season and you've just given away the one actual offensive threat your team has.
4: Yeah,
3: well, if I could get a contract extension from that, Price, that's I, different. I, I would make that deal right there with Bruce. That's the
2: difference, and I'm with you because, because, you, because you can lock you him don't, up. You don't,
3: win, you don't win without starting pitching, and the Indians are finding that out right now. I mean, no, you know, I, agree. Just laughed, I mean, we just laughed out loud at the thought of the Indians in a playoff series with Bauer, Salazar and T J House. I mean, because we know how ridiculous that sounds. And so so I would make that deal. But you know, hey, to go man. back to you know the I greater see. point that you were making, you know, Justin Masterson and as Cabrera are both guys who are having, you know, underachieving seasons and have expiring contracts and you're not going to get, you know, anything for for them that's going to move the needle, that's going to affect the roster. And I actually think that they did pretty well in those deals, to be fair. And um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go, I don't know if we want to go too far down this road at this point, but, you know, talking about, you know, my idea of trying to reappropriate some funds, I look at both of those trades as the possibility of being able to do that over the winter because. If the Ramsey, if they feel that the Ramsey kid, you know, is a guy that can play at the big league level, or if they decide they like him, and you know, a Carlos Moncrief or a Tyler Naquin or whoever, you know, that may open the door to trying to move David Murphy and his six million dollar contract to free that money up to try and get another pitcher, and yep. and something that I think you know maybe maybe mm-hmm. is a conversation for another day. But you know, every Indians fan always wants to sell their guy when he's at its lowest and, and try to get somebody <laughs> else's player at yeah, their best. You know, but but something that I think when we get to the winner, you're really gonna have to sit down and think about is you know if you want to make this rotation better, would would you trade a guy like Lonnie Chisenhall because? He's a guy you're yes. selling high on right now, and he yes. still has plenty of flaws. I mean, he defensively is a mess. I mean, um, offensively, the plays
2: he, is, he may still be a mess. We have no guarantee yeah, sure. right. that he's and, not going to come and, back down to earth.
3: And he had he had a he had a great first half of the season, and he has been pretty cold since. And he's started to find it here in in recent weeks, I think. But you know, at a certain point. You know, I think he's the kind of guy that you can get value for, and I look at those deals that mm-hmm. were made, you know, they're adding depth. They're adding options on the offensive side of the ball, and I think I think they have no choice, and I think it's common sense that when, when they get to the winner, you know, the prerogative to improve this team is going to be pitching and defense. And so if you can, if even, even with this team that, you know, has this up and down offense, I mean, I think we'll, we'll find out that if we can get someone out on a regular basis and catch the ball, suddenly we'll score enough (laughs) runs to win all of a sudden. It'll be magic. Okay. Magic brother. It'll be magic offense. All, All of a sudden when we get people out and catch the ball, will suddenly have enough runs to win. And, you know, I, I look at those deals. I'm not saying that the acquisition of of Zach Walters it, it means that Lonnie Chisenhall is heading out of town, but I'm saying there's another guy who could potentially, you know, be a piece on this team in 2015 um, and maybe make this team better or free up the opportunity to trade a guy like Chisenhall, because I do think that you could get, something that could help this rotation for chisholm hall and
2: i agree and i
3: think i think that those are things that they're gonna have they have no choice but to at least look at them um and you and I. this winter and and so I, for those reasons that's why i like those deals that they made last week i think it definitely starts to give them a little bit more flexibility
2: And you and I talked about the possibility of trading Michael Bourne in the offseason and how this may be the beginning of that. I still think, I don't know if you've heard me mention it, I still think Zach Walters was not acquired for the Indians. I still believe that they did a lot of research. They did a lot of trade talks with teams before they moved as Drupal. They knew who was looking for what. And you know the Indians, they love to go, hey, by the way, Seattle, if we, you know, if if we, you know, if you needed somebody else in this, who are some guys you'd be interested in? Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay, cool. We'll check back with you later. I think in their research and seeing the dearth in the uh decent hitting middle infield prospects that were available with people looking for Cabrera, I think that maybe not that they don't like him and not that they he's somebody that they would keep. If if they had to. But I think that he was somebody that they acquired with the intention of adding him to a package of doing something in the offseason. I do. I think that fits kind of that whole we find a piece for you from somewhere else and we'll go acquire it so then we can get something else from you. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it's possible. And I mean, really, if you look know. at, Just you thought. know, the the triple A level or or your your young players that you're infielders. I mean, we we know we know or we assume that Lindor will will be your shortstop next year and you're gonna have Jason Kipnis, but I mean at Columbus right now you have Giovanni Urshela, and that's a guy that I think you know is very intriguing. I if Giovanni Urshela may be the most improved player in in the Indian minor league system in the last two years. And getting back to you know, pitching and defense. I don't know I don't know what, what Urshela would hit at the big league level right now, but I know he would catch the ball. And I know he he would he would make this team better defensively immediately. Um and I think the Indians have concerns as to as to what he would hit too. He's a guy who I mean honestly when I saw him at the beginning of twenty thirteen, a year ago, at Akron, he looked He looked to me like a guy who was suffering in an organization that didn't have enough depth because he was at AA and should have still been at high A. And something clicked halfway through the season, and he he had a much better second half at Akron than he did first. And this year he came out. He's bigger, he's stronger, and he started at Akron after a really good spring training in Goodyear. And he looked like a man among boys. At Akron to start the year and was quickly promoted to Columbus and and has produced all year and I mean I think he's in part why maybe you kick the idea on Chisenhall but if you don't kick around the idea on Chisenhall you may kick around the idea on him um, because I think yeah. he has value for someone else and the, the same goes for Jose Ramirez and you talk and you consider Walters I mean there's there's four guys there that you know are at the AAA or big league level. And there's certainly not space for all of them to play. So how do you use those guys to try and make yourself better? And, and so, you know, I, I think if you wrote down, you know, um, Chisholm Hall and Urshela and Jose Ramirez and Zach Walters, I would say that there's a fair ch- an above average chance that all of those names aren't in this organization you know, probably, on opening day, because I, I agree think they with used you at least at least one of them to try and make this rotation better
2: and the fact that they did something this is why I say what I say about Walters the fact that they did something that they don't do, you and I were even texting about that the fact that they paid as Drupal to go play somewhere else. In order to get the guy that they wanted back in the deal, that screamed to me that there's a specific reason that they wanted him. You know what I mean? Because they had yeah. some other offers out there for Asdrubal. They clearly wanted that one intentionally and that's what kind of raised my antenna a little bit there i'm like come on the indian you know the indians don't give away three million dollars you know what i mean they don't they don't just line up and go hey we'll pay somebody to play for you we were joking about that a lot heading into the deadline that's what they do not do so you know but going back
1: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
2: to just wrapping up the trade thing and stuff and i'll throw this to you we say this all the time it's easy to say should have but i i say finish the sentence is what i keep throwing back at people and i'm saying right now at this past trade deadline what was out there that the indians could have done without trading lindor because i'll give you anybody else let's just take lindor off the table you can trade any other prospect you want What trade were you going to make? I'm just curious what players were out there for the taking that were going to be a difference maker for the, like you said, move the needle for the Indians. I go back to what that line that you said, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, about when you look at the makeup of the roster and how to be a team in this competitive uh, atmosphere with the payroll being scrunched down the way it is, is that you've got to be a team full of, Players making the minimum and and making you know being still under control and then a couple of big money guys you can't have a, a some meandering six eight million dollar contracts yeah. in there you got the six be full million dollar of man does not live in Cleveland right. he just can't. You gotta be, you gotta be full of Corey Kluber's that you're paying a half a million dollars to and have a couple of well not Nick Swisher per se but you can have a couple of guys that are in that stratosphere everybody else and can they, balance and they out. have to produce. And they have to produce. That's a, You hit it right on the head. That is Moneyball in a nutshell.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, the only guy that I saw moved that I thought, you know, I think the Indians should have or could have made a, a play for, and, and we don't know that they didn't, and I almost know why they didn't get him, um, is Tommy Malone. your guy? Yes. You mentioned him yeah. last week. And, and to see him go to Minnesota for Sam Fold, um, you know that's not a very high price to pay nope. the only thing i would say is and i wrote this this week i had someone ask me that question you know why couldn't they get get tommy malone for sam fold if that's all it took and you know i think Oakland has overpaid on several trades and i don't think it's any secret that you know they're all in and you know they have they have injuries right now and they desperately need a center fielder and I think they were willing to overpay to get a center fielder to keep their team tied together. And, you know, again, I think Oakland has realized that pitching and defense is more important than scoring runs to winning. And so I think, you know, if, if you're comparing the the person who sent me the question was like, you know, we couldn't get Tommy Malone for as Dribble Cabrera, you know, they wanted a, a, a middle infielder. And, you know, my answer was, well, Probably they could, but you know Oakland probably decided that having a center fielder that would go out and catch the ball and not cost them games was better than you know an average <laughs> middle infielder with an average bat. Um, you know, so I think that that's a guy that I at least hope that the Indians pursued. But I understand why Oakland went the way that they did, and Cleveland doesn't have somebody to to fit that need. I mean, they don't have. Someone that could play center field to spell you know an injury in a short term hole for Oakland who is trying to go to the World Series this you're year. Listen-
2: oh, sorry, I thought you were done. I was gonna say you're listening no, to the I'm sports good. fix. I'm J Rock. This is my man Mike Brandon from did Try Win Last Night.com. We're talking to some Indians past the deadline, coming down August here. Now let me let me pick back up since you and I talked last. I said that I was gonna come here with you where and i think we kind of already hit this with where you are differently or not from where the indians have done in the last week since you talked to them and we know that you know they're pretty much the same i even talked i mentioned this yesterday we talk about you know we use the phrase they're just you know they're a 500 team i joked that i looked at their splits and now righties and lefties are different because there is a difference there but other than that like it's within a game or two of 500 in just about every split, whether they're in daytime, nighttime, on grass, on artificial field. I'm telling you, it's like every split is almost 50, 50, where you're going, I sense a pattern here somewhere, you know? And, and we've talked about that, but I just, I noticed that on accident, actually, I was looking at something else and I said, man, they're like 500 every category. It doesn't matter which way you look at it, man.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, and I, and I think that's, That's exactly what they are. I mean, they're just, they're mediocre at everything. I mean, there, there is very little that you can say that they do really well. And I mean, I think their starting pitching is below average and their defense is below average. But I mean, there are a lot of things that they do very average. And I just think that that's what they are. I'm, I saw someone tweet this. The, the Indians are like in baseball purgatory. They're, too good to give up on their season, but not good enough to possibly win anything. And and I think that that's pretty fair They're, However you want to shake it, you know, you can look at all the numbers you want, but they're just average. That's, that's what they are. And I think, you know, I think what they've done in the last week, um, you know, the trades they made, I mean, that's, that's what I would have done. I think they are mediocre and you go with it, Go for it with what you have, but I don't think you you gamble anything. And I think you know you have to have an eye towards 2015 and how do you if if you're mediocre the the plus side to that is you're not very far from being good either. And, right. And you know what can you do to make this team better so you are competitive and with a real shot in 2015.
2: And that's the thing, is every time somebody hears you say that or hears me say that about building while keeping an eye on the future, they think that that means, ah, oh, we're we're always in the plan. We're always looking towards next year. Listen, I know that that's an easy thing to throw out there, but in the middle of this year, you do always have to be looking at next year. And the teams that don't, are the ones that end up short-sighted and we could be having this same discussion about the Cavaliers or about the Browns or any team you know I mean even with the Cavs and the whole thing with Kevin Love and the argument of you know do you go all in but if you do it's not even necessarily enough to win and that's where I go listen if I'm going all in but you're guaranteeing me a victory okay at least I'll make a Consideration of that, but you know, I'm not big on going all in on a chance, but you do have to gamble. I agree with that. I see Bruce in the chat room. I, but here's the difference Oakland went through a decade of winning, making the playoffs, losing, winning, making the playoffs, losing before they finally said, you know what, to hell with it, we're going all in on this one and we're going to try to actually win the thing because. Eventually, you just become a movie made about you and you keep going to the playoffs and then you don't and then you go and then you don't. So eventually the Indians will reach that point. But I don't know. I mean, when that point is when you're just now rebuilt your farm system and getting to a competitive level.
3: Yeah, and I agree with you. People people get frustrated when they hear. Having a plan. Look, let me tell you something. Every professional team, not just in baseball, <laughs> every team has a plan. Yes. Okay? And you want to root for a team that has a plan. If they don't the have a good plan, thing. you know, that that's not a good thing, okay? So maybe you don't like the plan, but everybody has a plan. And everybody looks towards the future. And, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, you want to look at the Detroit Tigers and what they did in acquiring David Price. You know, I'll let you in on their plan. Their plan is Max Scherzer is not going to be a Detroit Tiger next year um, because they just got his replacement, and yep. they tried to sign him. They made a they made a pitch, you know, last winter, and he declined. And don't believe for a second that that's not that that's not part of the reason this is why they went after David Price. It makes them better now, but Max Scherzer is not coming back to the Detroit Tigers in 2015. So in the same regard that they're trying to win now you know they're executing their plan for the future as well so don't don't knock the indians for having an eye to the future because every single team not just in baseball every professional team has an eye towards the future and you have to be set up that way or you're gonna run yourself into a hole and and you mentioned oakland they're a prime example of you know if they win the world series this year or next year It'll all be worth it. It'll all if be not, worth it. And and, and they'll praise Billy Bean. But if they don't, you know, a lot of those guys are going to walk out of town and they've traded a fair amount of young players. And you'll look up in 2016 and that may very well be the worst Oakland team you've seen in a long time. And if that happens, you know, they're gambling big. They're gambling big with their also very fragile fan base and if it goes well I think it will go really well for them but if it doesn't they stand the risk to lose big and you know they've traded several big prospects I mean they don't have a shortstop for next year now because they traded Aston Russell that was their plan at one point so everybody has a plan and if you're not looking to the future you know it is a big gamble and everyone everyone has one eye towards the future so don't don't knock the indians for for doing that they should be doing that and and more so they should be doing it when they're 500 when when you can break down every every single way that they're average they should be looking to get better for the future
2: Yep, and you know what? Since you went on with Oakland there, let me ask you, because Jeff Gorman, I I talked to him a couple of times a week, and he was, with me personally, he was highly against the move that Oakland made. He goes, man, Cespedes is going to go there and rake. For the future for Boston. He goes, man, they just replaced David Ortiz in the heart of their lineup. Meanwhile, you know, Oakland, yeah, that's great. They're all in for now. But he was very critical of that trade. He goes, I know everybody says, hey, Oakland's all in now, but that's exactly what they are. Would you have made that trade if you were them?
3: I mean, I've heard their justification and that he, Cesperus, has escalators in his contract to where. You know they weren't going to be able to afford him, and they were going to look to move him this winter, anyways. Oh, okay. So they were just trading him two to months earlier. Now. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I agree with you. You, I mean, they traded him for a rental. I don't think any of us think that John Lester is re-signing in Oakland. No, so, he's probably going back you know, to
2: Boston. <laughs> That's the I best. i heard part. that
3: too, and I don't know about that. I mean, no, I, they don't, don't want to pay him.
2: They don't want to pay him. He yeah, wants like I mean, $24 I mean, million or something. They're pretty
3: set on what they think he's valued at. I and mean, yeah. Obviously, he thinks it's more. So uh, someone will blink. I mean, if if, if I was going to throw a dollar down, which is funny to, of an expression when you're talking about guys and millions of dollars in free agency, but John Lester will be a Yankee next
2: year. There you go. Um, I knew it. I said it right before you. Yankees. I knew that's where yeah. you were going.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he'll be a Yankee. But I mean, <laughs> he'll get 25 anyways,
2: million a year or something to go play in New York.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a big gamble what Oakland's doing. I'm not I mean, when I first saw that trade, I I mean, my my first word was wow. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know that I would have done that deal for Oakland. I I I guess my answer is I probably wouldn't because I think one of the biggest winners last week was the Boston Red Sox.
2: I Me mean, too. I think what
3: they what they managed to get for a team that is, you know, looking toward next year and trying to, you know, rebuild quickly and on the fly. I mean, what they got from Oakland and St. Louis, I mean, I think they did an amazing job for, you know, a pair of pitchers who likely weren't going to be there much longer. And, you know, they got a lot younger with Joe Kelly in their rotation and they have some young players that they're going to give the opportunity to play for the next two months and see where they're at going into the winter. And I mean, they're doing very much of the same of what I think the Indians are and should be doing in the last two months. And, you know, I guess the bonus is that somehow miraculously the Indians are still in it while they're doing that. So I mean, but I think, I guess for your question, I'm not sure I would have done that if I was Oakland because, I saw Boston made out like bandits
2: last Dude, week. Me too with Boston. I'm sitting there watching the trade deadline go by and I'm like, "Man, next year, 2 years from now, don't y'all be complaining about Boston because you just helped them out tremendously." Like I could not believe that the haul, the haul that they got for like you said guys that are rolling. You know what I mean? And 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 we've talked about that inflated value at the uh, at the trade deadline, but man, they and I agree with you, man. I think that that's gonna, you know, they're they're keeping an eye to the future. But I mean, competing again next year, and I think they did a great. I agree with you. They were definitely the winners at the trade deadline, no doubt to me, Boston.
3: Yeah, I I agree, and you know, yep. it's it's strange, but right now the American League East is is the division that doesn't have a dominant power, and so I think. That makes it easier for Boston to rebuild, retool, and get back to the top pretty quick.
2: I agree with you, man. And, you know, you look at the Indians, and again, it goes back to what you and I can get into You know, later on in the year, is just repurposing your payroll. You know, although, you know, and we could have a totally separate discussion about the money. I mean, I go so far as to even say, you know, looking, and this is where... I, I I joked. I I know you laughed earlier when I said I don't even like the Dolans. I think they're cheap. But I I clarify that with a with a kind of a, a caveat that I don't think that they're cheap because they don't sign two hundred million dollar contracts with guys. You know, I, it's not that. It's not that I don't think they should they should have a two hundred and fifty million dollar payroll. That's not my definition of cheap. To me, looking at this team and knowing that you, you had an eighty five million dollar payroll, had you just gone say a hundred million you easily have the money to re-sign at least Scotty Casimir, one of the starting pitchers that you let walk. And just to me, it's that, that. and I know people say Oakland, and I say, cool, give me another team besides Oakland and Tampa that wins consistently with that payroll, because it also takes the right front office and the right prospects and all of that stuff coming together. But looking at this season for the Indians, it seems to me that that extra 10 12 15 million on the payroll is the difference between you know being where you're at now and trying to you know go with what you got and not give anything away and perhaps being in the driver's seat in one of these spots just it's just a slight difference i don't know do you see where i'm coming from with that
3: i see where you're going but i don't think it's quite that easy you know no nobody aspires Nobody thinks they can afford a Lamborghini but everybody wishes to drive a car a little nicer than what they have. And right. I think I think that's what you're trying to talk yourself into right now and I think it goes back to the argument that I don't think there's any one player that would would fix this. I mean I I think if this season I think 4 months in and I think if this season continues down the path that it has gone for 4 months I mean I think when we're talking in October of you know why did the Indians Go 83 and 79. I think we're going to say because Nick Swisher underachieved and Michael Bourne was hurt and he underachieved and Justin Masterson and Asdrubal Cabrera underachieved and let them down. And you know, I I would say on paper coming into this season, I mean, with maybe the exception of the depth in their rotation, this team was put together to be successful and yeah. guys. Guys just haven't played up to their level. I mean, Jason Kipnis is another one. I mean, yeah, they're, they're stars. The guys that they put their eggs in that basket have not come through. And I think that's just the simplest way to look at it is they have had a number of players let them down this year. And and for all the you know talk of reappropriation of funds and, and trying to compete in 2015, I think that will be the number one storyline for next year is how many of those guys that are still on this roster are going to come back in 2015 and give you a 2013 effort right. statistically that they had because that's the key to this team being better. I mean, they can go out and get get themselves another starting pitcher and I think, you know, to go with what you were saying, if they want to open up, you know, the payroll a little bit more, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I, I'm all for it. Just, I'm I'm not against spending. <laughs> it's not no, my money. No, I know money, what you're you saying. Know? I know so, where you're at. Though. So, but but the thing is, if Nick Swisher hits 212, they're still not going to be very good. And, and if that's Michael it. And one of those two. Half year, and if one Michael is going to be on for this half team, a year, bro. they're not going to be very good.
2: No, one of those two, in my opinion, cannot be on this team next season. I just, and I think obviously, the more tradable option is Bourne. You and I, like I said, we've talked about that a little bit, and we'll get into it more when you're past this season. But we, going back to you can't have 30 with 38 point whatever million dollars of your payroll tied up in two guys one of which doesn't play and the other one when he plays doesn't hit you know what I mean you just you can't do it you can't do that in New York let alone you can't do that in Cleveland
3: yeah and, and I I'm, I love your dream that one of those guys won't you, be on the roster but, but I well, think that he, it's a
2: dream we were talking uh, I mean, about it. you don't think that they can find a re- I mean I get it with Michael Borden. Perhaps, you know, if he comes back and has a decent run at the end of this, you don't think they can find somebody to take Michael Borden off their hands?
3: No. No, I don't. Damn. Um, not <laughs> he after, said, no, not I don't after know. the not <laughs> Not after the last two years. Not after three he said, trips He no. The disabled list. No. No, I don't. Not, I know not Nick unless Swisher's teams not are going anywhere. Eat anyway, salary bro. and they don't need salary.
2: I know. Trust me, I know, brother. I know. You no, and I were joking not- when I was told that they had three teams that had called about Nick Swisher. I'm like, did they need him to bring the guy that they were trading for to the airport? Like, I'm not sure what opened up the discussions on that phone call, you know? But it's like, oh yeah, man, three phone calls about him. And again, I'm like, wow, man. They must have wanted him to give the guy they were trading for a ride.
3: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I could have made it all. They probably fell through because they couldn't, couldn't hold the phone call without. It was laughter. a rib.
2: It was I mean, a rib have, on the Indians.
3: Been. It was a crank. It had to be a crank call. Yes,
2: that's what I'm saying. It was a rib. Somebody, Billy Bean was sitting around bored, waiting to make his big trade, and he said, "You know what? Hey, Star I'm 67. Mess with the yeah, Star 67, man. Call Call Shapiro. Call those guys yeah. up, man. Tell them we want yeah, Swisher." I, tell him I, we want I, swisher
3: i don't see how anybody <laughs> takes those guys for even for even 2 thirds of their salary i can't see a situation where the indians would would pay for a third of their contract to go somewhere else i i just couldn't but if, even if they did i'm not sure that a team takes them for 10 million dollars for the next 2 years i mean I hear in, you. and in the indians in the indians point of view i mean depending on how you work the deal out i mean they both have options for 2017 and if you're if you're not controlling them the option the possibility that that option best you know is out of your hands i mean yeah. depending on where they go if they get healthy and play you know you might be paying them to be on somebody else's team for three years and that is two. Man,
2: so you're not going to crush I, my dream here i just here, don't man. see it no, What's I don't that? care what you see. You're not gonna crush my dream here. The Indians are gonna trade Michael Bourne in the offseason, and Nick Swisher is gonna come to the realization that he just doesn't have it anymore, and he's gonna walk away with his head held high from the game that he respects too much to go out there a shell of his former self. That is the hey, way it's going down.
3: Hey man, dream, dream big. I mean, that's why <laughs> I play the lottery every week. You know, I mean, yep. I, I have, can't wait if big you don't play.
2: yeah (laughs) oh man mike Brandenbury did the tribe win last night.com hey before we go let's look back at the second half of this series here heading down to cincinnati for the battle of ohio part deuce here as they go back at it talk to me a bit what do you think happens here on the way to new york
3: um i you know i think tonight's a big game um salazar is a guy who i mean you know now and into the future i think he's He's a guy that's key, and I think every time he goes out there, I think you want to see improvement. I want to see consistency from start to start. And, you know, that has that started to happen since his recall, and yep. I think, you know, tonight's a night where hopefully he does that again. He gives the team a chance to win, and, you know, then, truth be told, you're probably rolling the dice with TJ House and running uphill tomorrow. But, you know, I think it's important – I mean, every time Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and Danny Salazar go out there right now, I think it's important to to see those guys continue to string together good starts because that's important for now and into the future. And and I I think what Corey Kluber is doing this year is awesome, but his ability to do it again next year is going to be key. And you know Bauer and Salazar getting getting to that level or or, or close is going to be huge. And the faster they get there, the quicker the Indians will truly be competitive.
2: Bro, I can hear the Groundhog's Day winter conversation between you and I already. Well, there's people that say the Indians believe they've got Kluber, they've got Bauer, they've got Salazar. They don't need to add anybody to the pitching staff. I think we had a conversation like that. Uh, Once or twice before heading into this season At least I know you and I did for sure And uh, speaking of house I'll be singing
3: from the heavens We've already been down that road
2: (laughs) We have already done that It's Salazar and Lados tonight Tomorrow, TJ House against the man That caused all the problems With Justin Masterson to begin with Had he not gotten paid Perhaps things would have went differently One Homer Bailey Takes the mound tomorrow
3: Only in America can a guy be slightly over 500 and make as much as he will make.
2: Brother, he changed the course. I mean, yeah, you know, things would have played out uh, statistic-wise with with Masterson probably the same. But look at the course of Indians history changed by the name Homer Bailey.
3: Yeah, maybe, but I'll say for Justin Masterson, he... The Homer Bailey comparisons are long gone now. They oh yeah, were, they were even effective that in work. February, but yeah, his, <laughs> what he's done to his value—I mean, if you want to talk about somebody coming back, I'll—I'll I'll throw out a wild card that maybe they get him back on a on a one-year deal or even a two-year deal at at a rate that you know we could have only dreamed of. You know uh, what? Six months ago.
2: Funny you say that because I was talking to a buddy of mine and I said. Not right off the bat, but what you just said. Bring in Masterson back on a low one- or two-year deal. I said, now I could see him being plan B. Like, maybe they've got a wave of pitchers that they want to go after, whether it's through trade or free agency. But if they don't get him, I could see him being that guy, like when they got Scotty Kazmir a couple years back. Like, I could see him being that rehab guy that the Indians love to go after. Why not make it your own guy and bring him back and try to fix him? But this time you're getting him for $5 million or $6 million instead of $17 million, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah, Justin Masterson will regret the day he didn't take the Indians 28 million dollars.
2: Oh, I know, man. He'll grow up telling... Let me tell you, son. You want to talk about burning money? Let me tell you the story of my 2014, you know? yeah, And, yep. and he'll, he'll have quite a tale to tell. Oh, Justin Masterson. And a good guy, too, man. And for any... I'll tell you, I thought that uh, the National League may, may help him a bit, too. It did. He only walked three people instead of six. But he still... His first outing for St. Louis was uh, no different than what we saw of him here in Cleveland, man.
3: Yeah, same... Uh- same, same story, just different jersey. But Is I will it? say for him, he does have he does have the chance, you know, in a in a playoff scenario. And and if he if mm-hmm. the Cardinals advance to October, if he finds it, um, his his poor four months with the Indians will be wiped away fast if Justin Masterson finds it and helps the St. Louis Cardinals win.
2: I agree. And that's why I said on on the day you and I talked last week, a week ago today, I said, he's going to the Cardinals. I said, my gut tells me that that's the team that thinks that they can get something out of him down the stretch. So we'll see. And if he does, you're right. Because we're sitting here talking about a low contract. He has a good stretch run for, for St. Louis. And he's right back in, at least in that nine ten dollars deal for next year. You know what I mean? He's back up for sure. at don't, that level. Don't
3: ever forget. that. Don't ever forget. It was almost exactly at this time right now, a year ago, the Indians he did. were skipping Ubaldo's start. Yes. And he has a four-year, $48 million Look,
2: deal. baldo. exactly. Masterson can do the same thing. But that's funny you said about him coming back because I told somebody. I said I could see him being a – a maybe February January February free agent for the Indians if he's still out there and they still need a pitcher all of a sudden Justin Masterson becomes a lot more attractive man
3: yeah I think it's possible
2: Mike Brandenberry from did the win last Indians back in Cincinnati for a pair Salazar and Latos tonight TJ House, Homer Bailey tomorrow, then they head to the Bronx. Big series in the wild card race between the Indians and the Yankees coming up this weekend. Mike, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll catch up next week, and we'll see. I mean, that's all we can do at this point is see what seven days brings us, man.
3: Hey, it's it's like I said, it's like Hoosiers. Our team's on the field. Just let them go out and play and see what happens.
2: That's it. Mike, you have a good one. Thank you so much for being here. We'll catch up next week.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Thanks for being here. As always, you guys, did the tribe win last night.com. You can tweet with Mike all the time at did tribe win at did tribe win on Twitter. It's that simple. You can tweet with me at the sports C L E. Don't go anywhere when we come back. Still more sports fix to come. Talking a little Browns training camp. Browns name a starter for the first preseason game. We'll get into all of that. Open up the phone lines 216 539 7535 and more. Don't go anywhere. Still more
1: sports fix on tap. Me.
2: And now a very special announcement from the sports fix.
0: Black bears weigh between two and 500 pounds. Brown bears weigh between 300 and over 1,000 pounds. Black bears run away from you. Brown bears run at you. When attacked by a bear, simply lie still on the ground and cover your face and head with your hands. When the bear is finished batting you around and mauling you, contact the U.S. Forest Service. And that was a message from the Sports Fix.
2: Hey, guys, before we go to the break, I want to talk to you a little bit again about our good friends at Harry Buffalo North Olmsted. Of course, you know, during brown season, we're there each and every week. What a fun time it was last year. But not just that, so many more reasons for you to check out the Harry Buffalo today the UFC, the ultimate fighting championships, some of the hottest fights in the world today, each and every one of their huge events Harry Buffalo is one of the few places in Northeast Ohio, you can go there and watch each and every UFC fight at the Harry Buffalo, and let me tell you, I've been there, the people are out the door they are to the rafters, it is one of the craziest environments for some UFC fights, Wing Mondays, they've got great deals on wings and drinks and every day of the week, there's a different special, a different deal, and don't forget, the bison burger the unbelievable it is the combination of a fantastic burger and eating healthy combined into one unbelievable sandwich you have got to get a bison burger while you're there so whatever you're looking for whatever day of the week monday through friday saturday sundays there's something for you at the harry buffalo north olmstead just outside great northern mall check them out today harry buffalo join the herd
3: hey this is scott fugito and you're listening to the sports fix
2: Business owners and professionals, do you want to take your business, your product, your team, your event to the next level? You want to advertise right here with the Sports Fix. Our listeners are among the most loyal listeners, terrestrial or internet. The Sports Fix Universe is not only the radio show, but tens of thousands of fans on Facebook and Twitter. Email me, Jerry Myers, the Fix at AOL.com. That's the Fix at AOL.com. And let me help you swing for the fences and hit it out of the park right here on the Sports Fix
0: sports fix listeners do you tweet so do we so tweet with us 24 7 at the sports fix c-l-e
2: whether it's an oil change or a new set of tires quick lane at valley ford truck has you covered for your automotive car care needs they're your neighborhood quick service experts they also offer a low price tire guarantee choose from 13 brands and if you find the same tires at a lower price within 30 days quick lane at valley ford will refund the difference they're open late monday through thursday until 9 p.m and open early saturday so you can check it off your to-do list and get on with your day they also have a newly remodeled service lounge and additional service bay just for quick lane oil changes quick lane at valley Ford truck is located at 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. 5715 Canal Road, right under the 480 Bridge in Valley View, just down the road from Independence. Come see why life is better in the quick lane. Quicklane.com slash Valley Ford truck. That's quicklane.com slash Valley Ford truck. Portions of the Sports Fix brought
0: to you by Signs and Ship, the official printing source of the Sports Fix. Locations in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida. Find out more at SignsAndShip.com. News break.
4: I'm Christine Lisi right now. Still no word yet if Tiger Woods will play in the PGA Championship. Woods asked for an extension to register and will have until his 8.35 a.m. Eastern tea time in tomorrow's opening round to register. He withdrew from Sunday's final round of the Bridgestone Invitational with a back injury. British Open winner Rory McIlroy is the favorite to win golf's final major of the year. The game feels in really good shape, obviously, and i coming in here with a lot of confidence. And, you know, historically, the PGA Championship has probably been my best major. The win at
3: Q and 12, but then a couple of third place finishes and a couple other top tens.
4: Roy McIlroy, if he wins the PGA Championship, he'll become just the third man ever to win four majors by the age of 25. The others, Tiger and Jack Nicklaus. NFL Dolphins activated, running back no Sean Moreno from the pup list. He missed the first 12 days of training camp with a left knee injury. Free agent receiver Santonio Holmes worked out for the Bears. Chicago looking to add depth with number three wideout Marcus Wilson sidelined indefinitely after surgery on a broken clavicle. The Browns are also interested in Holmes. Forget the holidays. The best time of year is fantasy football season. And the most important decision is where to host your draft party. So go with the league favorite. With wall-to-wall TV's enhanced Fun Wings, there's no better way to kick off the season. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports.
0: Now, back to the Sports Fix.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Fix. Final segment of the show here on the Sports Fix Radio Network. J-Rock back with you. A little bit of a shorter show today as we uh, hit the middle of the week. A couple of appointments this afternoon. So, hey, man, it is what it is. We were in overtime all week last week. But uh, still got a lot to talk about today here as we get back into the show. And the phone lines are open. 216 216- 539-7535. The number to call 216-539-7535. You can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter and email. Facebook.com slash the sports fix. Tweet with us at the sports fix C L E. Email us daddy at it, the sports fix at AOL.com as we roll back into the show. Hey, didn't get into it as we left the last segment when Mike left us, but we talked a bit about Michael Bourne there, and he, he's uh, he's higher on the uh, or I'm higher on the trade Michael Bourne plan than he is. But uh, going in those lines, Michael Bourne, the Indians have a plan right now. It has nothing to do with trading him. It has to do with getting him back out on the field. We didn't even uh, talk about that in the last segment. But the Indians, beginning here at Double A Akron, they've got Michael Bourne going through a rehab plan. They've got kind of a little breakdown of how they want this to go we know he's been on the dl for weeks and actually he's been on the dl for just over a month it was a month ago today july 6th that he went on the disabled list with that hammy but uh five innings he's scheduled to play yesterday seven today off tomorrow seven on friday seven on saturday off on sunday now if he's gotten through that slate of games and innings there then he would take one more day off and then have two full nine inning games, which I would assume he'd be at A by that point in time. And then the decision could be made to take him off of the disabled list and get him back on the roster and get him back up here to contributing to the, hopefully to the stretch run for the Indians. And also injury related along those lines with the outfield, they activated Nigel Morgan from the disabled list yesterday and then gave him his release as well. Um, I, I like T. Plush, but uh, Indians released him there. Remember, he got hurt way back at the beginning of the season. Um, I remember watching him get banged up on his knee. It was against the Blue Jays. He hasn't played since, and uh, the Indians said they knew that he wasn't coming back this year. He admitted to them that he was still trying to rehab, wasn't even close to coming back. So they went ahead and did what they had to do and moved on with that. And uh, Nigel Morgan, thank you for your... Contributions to the early part of the season, and you know what? Say what you want, but if the Indians get to the playoffs there, Nigel Morgan will be one of the 872 people who contributed to those victories and getting them to the playoffs. Remember last year they they uh, did that as well. But it's true because he had a, remember, early season, a couple of victories. Hey, if you win this thing by one or two games, get into the playoffs, you can thank Nigel Morgan for that. So let's not just say good riddance. I, I, I Always, it's never much. It's always just a couple of knuckleheads on the social media that get me with that. But they do. Good riddance, Snyder Moore. Like, what did he do for that, really? I mean, like, he played all right while he was here. He got hurt, and he's been gone. But people – and I know it's frustrating sometimes, but people will hold that against you. I don't hold the disabled list against Michael Bourne nowhere near as much as I hold the 800 strikeouts against Nick Swisher. I'm just saying. But I'm – I look at things differently than everybody. Some people look at a guy, and I know, you know, when a guy's eating up space and he's eating up cap room or or whatever your sport is, depends on how you want to look at it, and he's injured all the time, yeah, that stinks and that was a bad deal. But, you know, it's not, that's not as bad as, to me, injuries are, are out of your control, even though they're unfortunate, much less than, the lack of production there. But anyway, so that's the update on Michael Bourne. We'll see after this weekend. When we catch back at the beginning of the week, we'll see if he has gotten himself up to a couple of nine-inning performances and then hopefully get him back here Onto the major league squad as we get back into the show here, talking some football as we're down into the final segment. The Browns wrapped up training camp for the day today, and it wrapped up with the official announcement from Mike Petton, head coach of the Browns, that Brian Hoyer will indeed start the preseason game to kick things off here against Detroit this Saturday. Nothing really to me different than than what many people expected uh, from this thing. But Manzel going to get a few snaps probably in the game with the first team. Not a guarantee, according to Coach Petten, but uh, it, that's the plan as things stand. They mixed the guys up again today here. So Manzel had one of his better days of practice today. From the feedback that I've gotten during the show, I'll get a chance to look into that more for myself tonight. But a good day for him. And, and conti- listen, every day that's a good day for him, It works for me, man, because to me, that's what this camp is about. Everybody wants to rush him onto the field and hashtag wreck this league and all of that. Let him do his thing. And When it's time, it'll be time. And and until then, you've got Brian Hoyer to take care of business in the meantime. So that's the part. People look past the forest and to the trees, you know, But, uh, but it's one step at a time here. Manziel continuing to catch up to the playbook beginning to that that's all the important stuff there. So right now Brian Hoyer going to start and you know what's funny too is it's the tale of two reactions because across Cleveland The majority, now there's a lot of people excited about Johnny Football. I mean, we've talked about that. There's a definite buzz, but the majority of people cool with Brian Hoyer as well if he ends up with the job uh, because they do know that eventually it's going to be Manziel's job assuming that he continues to improve. I mean, it's just a, a matter of when and not if. Whether it's Week one, week two, week ten, or next season, week one. You know that that's pretty much the longest this thing is gonna go, barring some crazy thing going down. So it's just a matter of the clock ticking there. But nationally, different. Nationally, it's an uproar. Who is the who is this Hoyer person, and why is Manziel not playing? And uh, I still say Dick LeBeau knows what he's doing. He wants John Manziel to start that opening game against. uh, against Pittsburgh there. That's why he said what he said yesterday at camp about him starting. He loves to eat rookie quarterbacks for lunch, and he's looking at that kid going, yeah, I'll give you that run once, and then the second time you go for it, linebacker linebacker's going to decapitate you. So welcome to the NFL, kid. But, uh, again, a good day of practice, quarterbacks, and uh, the decision made for this weekend. They'll reevaluate for week two. I said it all along, I thought one starts week one, one starts week two whichever one starts week 3 is your quarterback. So, we'll see. I mean, again, it's just a preseason game one, but uh, looking at that too, I I cannot wait for the first quarter of this game. After that, we'll be evaluating individual people fighting for roster spots, but I want to see I want to see this defense against another team's offense. I do. I still want to see if the Browns defense is as good as people think it is, I do believe it's going to be good. I do believe regardless. I think you're looking at a top 10, top 12 defense in the NFL like without any comparisons right now. I think that looks like where they're going to stand, but let's let's find out for real if it's this if it's a camp thing, if it's our offense, if it's this defense if they are. Speaking of something I noticed that was really cool, uh, we talked a few weeks back about the Seattle and and, and all the banging and grabbing and, and how the NFL was really going to come down and they, they jokingly about Peyton Manning complaining about all the rough shot on his on his wide receivers in the Super Bowl, but they are going to call the hell out of some holding and some illegal contact from the defensive backs this season. So I really like what the Browns have been doing to work on that, and I don't know if you guys have seen that, but wearing the uh the boxing glove, the kickboxing gloves that make it hard for you to use your hands and hold while you're playing there. I like that. I hope they do that for the entire training camp because to me that's that's a really nifty way of of handicapping you from not being able to grab and if you if you're doing that from the beginning. I mean again, instincts are what they are, so I guess during a game it doesn't really matter if you're going to grab and hold, you're going to do it. But I like the idea that it makes them work harder on their technique during the preseason which can only build muscle memory and hopefully carry over and perhaps you know if it costs you one crucial penalty at a time that gets avoided where it costs you a game then it was all worth it but i thought you know that's a that's a very unique way of going about doing that and i thought it was pretty cool and mentioned definitely worth talking about here on the show because that is something that's going to be highly focused on by the NFL and the referees this year. So I think it's a good, uh, a good idea for them to go out there and uh, practice that way. Because again, you're working on your technique and you're doing that. And you know, of course you hear all the hype from the players. This is a great defense and that they say it every year. I do believe there's more teeth to it than usual, but I just can't wait to see them on the field with another team where they don't know what's coming, because that's the thing I I go back to about camp. And I say this for Manziel, for Hoyer, for the defense, for the offense, for the most part – they all know what's coming, which it's a totally different game of football on defense when you know basically what play that's running or what the primary read is and all the things like that. Totally different when you line up and you go, hey man, what are they doing? I don't know. Let's just go get them. And you go play football. So, let's see. That's, I think, the most intriguing thing to me outside of watching the quarterbacks and how the offense goes. Josh Gordon, too. Coach Pettin talked a bit about his reps for the game. He's going to play. He's going to play quite a bit Josh Gordon's gonna play some with the ones he's gonna play with the twos and I believe coach Benton said you may see you may see Josh Gordon even out into the second half a bit there as well which uh, only makes sense I mean regardless of who the quarterback is going to be both of them are playing let's get them both some time with him and plus you know Josh Gordon I mean the more work that he can get in if and you know they keep coming back to his suspension now maybe being dropped now the the hot word coming out of Berea is perhaps an eight game suspension. Now here's what I'm hearing is that the NFL, and this is just from somebody who, who told me some things that he's heard that it's looking like the NFL initial reaction is to enforce the one year suspension. Because if you go by the letter of the law, it is the Josh Gordon camp has let it be known to commissioner Goodell and to the NFL that they will legally outside of the NFL try to enforce some type of jurisprudence over this whole thing, whether it's a lawsuit or something, and uh, tie it up in the court system, which is something that perhaps both sides are looking to avoid. I was told yesterday that the actual, uh, the reason that there's a delay of perhaps a week or two, or we've heard one to three weeks, but the reason for the delay is a negotiation right now both sides are trying to see if they can't find a common ground so i guess that's why people are holding out hope and i guess that's that is an outside thing if the nfl decides you know we're going to suspend you for a year okay we're going to sue you how can we meet in the middle And they maybe perhaps, I guess that's the ground that a lot of people are holding on to, that this will be only an eight-game suspension, and that's very possible. Keep in mind that even if that's true, that's still the entire first half of the season without Josh Gordon out there, which which changes a lot of decisions, including... I mean, that changes a lot of your decisions, quarterback and everything. The way you're going to put the team together, the type of schemes you're going to run in the first half, if you're going to get him back in the second half, the way you... I'm not that you try not to win, but I guess that changes decisions too, because, and I'll say, I I don't know, even with the quarterbacks. Okay. If you're going to say, you know, let's, it's a lost year. Let's throw the rookie out there and let him get his experience. I don't know if the defense, let's say the defense is as good as it looks like it may be. And you do get the possibility of Josh Gordon coming in mid season. Then I think you operate differently in the first half of the season. Then I think you have, every responsibility to win as much as you can and uh and i i most definitely think that'll change too the thought process of things but regardless uh i see bruce in the chat room says if he takes the nfl to court kicking him out of the league that's not how it works al davis took the nfl to court and won millions of dollars technically so did donald trump but he only won a dollar but uh, uh, uh no that's not how that works uh and the only thing I'm curious of, and I should, I'm going to talk to John McMullen about this tomorrow when he joins us is if Josh Gordon takes, if the NFL says you're suspended for a year, appeal denied. And then Josh Gordon says, well, I'm going to take this to court and I'm going to try to get it overturned. I would assume that he would get a injunction because you can't, you can't suspend the guy and have it, have it upheld and then a court overturns it because you can't get those games back. So I would assume that the appellate court would then put a hold or a stay on the suspension. And it would be so. I mean, that's a risk you take, though. Bruce does have a good point, but I don't think it would get to that to that point. And I think the NFL wants to avoid that because here's the other thing if josh gordon does that you can take it to the bank bet your bottom dollar that every every person who has had a a tainted sample or a or in the future fails because of a small nanogram difference on their a and b you're going to open up a whole lot more lawsuits so they i think that's why the hush-hush and the one-to-three-week delay is they're trying to figure out a way to negotiate this thing out of the spotlight and get it taken care of because that's the last thing the NFL wants because that'll open up a precedent for guys who have already been found guilty or, or suspended or whatnot and all the guys coming in the future. So I guess there's your hope if you're a Browns fan. I mean, my gut still tells me, and I was told this, that the regardless of a settlement, the NFL is intending on one year suspension and so now that's where this comes in basically i don't want to say it's kind of a little blackmailish you know hey listen man we're going to sue you unless we negotiate this but that is the whole definition of settlement and negotiation so i don't know but then again even even there following up on the point of of people following the lawsuit you can follow the threat now you're still setting precedents here either way so here's the playing uh, devil's advocate for the NFL. That's more reason for me to suspend you for a year for the simple fact that I've got to make sure that nobody else is doing this. I've got to discourage other players. Otherwise you're just going to be able to fail. You're going to be able to cause think about this too. The average NFL career, what is that stat? It's like four seasons or something like that. So for most guys, you could fail, get suspended, lose time, appeal it in a court or like take them to court get the appeal suspended or or, you know get the suspension uh suspended i guess for lack of a better term and by the time that thing plays itself out in the courts your career may be over so that's a that's an ugly ground and precedent to set so if i'm looking at it strictly from taking the browns and hoping for josh gordon you take that out of it that makes me if i'm the nfl more likely to say, no, you failed. The rules say you're suspended for a year because that is a crazy Pandora's box to open both. And I'm not even looking back at people who've already paid penalties for similar cases because that's the other thing. We've, We've talked about this here in Cleveland and we know about the samples and some people have learned about nanograms, don't even know what that term was before. How many other cases that have not been public, or at least have not been talked about here in Cleveland, have smaller samples or different samples. I did hear that Gordon's was the lowest number that a suspension has been done for. But regardless, there may be other ones. So there's a whole Pandora's box that can be opened up by this. But that's kind of the latest on where that sits. And uh, here's the other part, too, that sucks from a Browns perspective, and you, you would hope that they work a settlement, is... If this thing goes the full couple of weeks, you're probably going to be right up until the last week of training camp. And remember back in June when we mentioned talking about Josh Gordon's appeal that because he is choosing to appeal this and drag it out, his suspension, whenever it begins, the one year clock starts ticking. It hasn't started ticking. So if Josh Gordon's suspension and appeal is denied and he is kicked into a full one year suspension, let's just say It's the last week of camp before the season starts. Well, guess what? That means he is suspended until the same time next year, which means you have now missed all of training camp next year as well because you have to be out for that duration. So he is, you know, there's the risk of this affecting next year as well. Plus, I still think no matter what, He's going to miss two games next year, even if they drop this, even if they if they said Josh Gordon's right, we're not going to suspend him at all. I still think at the end of the day, he gets two games next year for the DWI, assuming depending on what happens with that in the court system, I should say, because apparently he could get it. But, you know, we're going to have to see how this comes out now. You know, I saw Mary Kay. I see you guys in the chat room talking about it saying eight games is what the Browns the Browns are prepared at this point for a minimum like they know that there's no way it's going to be less than 8 games I'm assuming because it must I'm sure Gordon's people are keeping them in the loop that's what they're aiming for so I'm sure Gordon's people came to the NFL and said eight game we're leaving eight on the table we're willing to sit out the eight games so that's already on the table so there's no even if we agree with you you're going to get eight games so I'm guessing the hope is just simply cutting off those other eight out of it. I just wonder about the precedent. Like if I'm the NFL, every time I think about settling with Josh Gordon, I'm going, but man, do you want to open this up? But at the same time, does it go to the courts? Because then who knows? Maybe the court system, they don't care about your collective bargaining agreement. If they think something, I mean, they can step in and do what they want. Maybe they blow holes in the CBA. and, And I don't know. So there's some, there's some, uh, there's some bad things that can happen from the NFL's perspective, too. They could go to court, and they, they could end up the big losers out of this. So, or, like we said, the precedent is set where other people – because then think about that. If Josh Gordon took – and I don't think none of this happens. But if Josh Gordon took the NFL to court and won, don't you open up the door now to all the people who were – previously suspended since they can't get their suspensions back. Maybe they, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. It's just like a lot of who know what's about that. So that's why I think it's in everybody's best interest to keep it quiet, to get it done with. And even when a settlement comes out, I don't think it's pro- proposed to the public as a settlement. Here's what we decided. End of story. There's not going to be any talk of threats and lawsuits because even that, Although, hey, guess what? They don't have to say it in the media. The players know. Everybody from now on is going to call this the Josh Gordon plan. When they fail something, the first thing they're going to do, call the agent. All right, man, let's put the Josh Gordon plan into effect. Stall it out as long as possible and then try to threaten to sue him and settle this thing later. But as it is right now, Josh Gordon continuing to practice with the team. He'll play through this week. As we said, he'll play at least through the first half with the ones and the twos. Brian Hoyer with the start. Things getting ready for the Detroit Lions. The barge is on the line. The Great Lakes, uh, the Great Lakes Classic, baby, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll talk more about that as we roll on through the week. What else? Oh, you know what? I just, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into this because I still think what the guy did was stupid. But I got a kick out of a blurb that came across one of my alerts yesterday about the. Uh, the guy who peed on Art Model's grave and then YouTubed it like an idiot and, and went out there and put it out there for us when he was charged. They tracked him down. He's a 61-year-old man from outside of Columbus, Ohio. Paul Serbu is his name. They charged him with disorderly conduct in a cemetery, and they even went so far in the press release as to describe him as a Cleveland Browns fan. But uh, the penalty, and, of course, this is it's a misdemeanor odds are it'll get pled out, but he faces two years in jail and a $500 fine, which is exactly two years more than Ray Rice faced in jail in the same state for a different set of charges. But anyways, so that's where that sits right now. And uh, I'm sure he'll pay a fine and, and get some probation there, but they tracked him down off that YouTube video. And, and that day, disgusting. We talked about that when it happened, but, uh, yeah, there's some uh, there's some uh, inconsistencies all over the place out there. That's all I'm going to say. Whether it's with the police, whether it's with the NFL, whatever it is. And a lot of stuff going on in Baltimore. But it is what it is. They found the guy. So uh, my advice to you, if you're out there doing stupid things, guess what? Don't videotape yourself doing them. But, but then again, if you're doing stupid things, you're not inclined to intelligence to begin with. So... Odds are you're going to videotape yourself. So I don't even know why I'm giving you advice. So we'll just roll on with the show. Towards the end of the show here, Indians tonight, we talked about it with Mike. You've got to go out to Cincinnati and take care of business on your way to the Bronx. Salazar, Matt Latos, going at it tonight. Latos, hey, 3-3 three and three on the season, 3.07 ERA a, he has never lost an interleague home game for the Reds, and he's beaten the Indians twice in that stretch. And uh, think about this. Up until last night, it was the first time in the last couple of years that the home team had lost one of the games. The home team had won 12 straight back and forth between the Indians and the Reds up until this one here. Both clubs now head into this two-game little split here with a 57 57- and 56 records. So, Lados is out there playing well at home. In interleague play the last two years, he's 4-0 and with a 3.5 ERA. Against the Indians, even better. In his two home starts, 2.03 ERA, 14 strikeouts, two victories amongst the Indians. His last time out there, he won... Let's see who he beat. Miami, seven innings, one run, five to two victory for him. So, and here's the thing: lefties hitting a 186 clip against Lados this year. Good, good things to look out for for the Indians. Lonnie's three for five with a home run against Lados in his career. Brantley three for eight. Carlos Santana three for seven with a dinger. So we'll see if those guys can get to him tonight. It's going to be key with Salazar on the mound. Keep the momentum going for Salazar. Got to watch him. Keep that pitch count low. Get yourself rolling here. It takes place at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Then they wrap things up tomorrow with Homer Bailey on the mound for the Cincinnati Reds, the Homer Bailey taking on my man, TJ house. And I like him. I do. I like house. And I want to see more of what he can do. Hopefully he can continue to improve upon things guys tomorrow. We're going to continue to hopefully improve upon things too. It's what we go out for anyway, tomorrow, John McMullen from the sports network. He'll be with us talking about all the latest with the Browns and NFL. We'll talk more about this Josh Gordon thing with him. See if he, uh, If he's on the same ship with me here about the lawsuits and the settlements and all of that, we'll talk about the latest with all the training camp battles around the league as the full slate of preseason games is on tap for this weekend. We'll talk Tribe as they head into the finale with the Cincinnati Reds. Your calls and takes and all the news of the day and so much more, baby. Same bad time, same bad channel live right here on the Sports Fix. And you made a liar out of me yet, baby. We are at 2 o'clock on the dot, which means we're in overtime again. So even when I call it a short day, it's still not a short day. I love you guys. Have a great night tonight. Enjoy the Indians or whatever your deal may be. And whatever it is, come back and talk to us about it tomorrow. Live, same bat time, same bat channel, new right here on the Sports Fix. And the Sports Fix Radio Network. We love you, Cleveland.